This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey guys, it's Owen from United View. Hope everyone is doing very well. And to give you a bit of a Manchester United perspective of the big game, Tottenham Hotspur versus Manchester United, Saturday, 5.30pm kickoff at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Going to give you some Manchester United thoughts, answer some Manchester United questions and give you the lowdown on your opponents this coming weekend. So the first question is, how was Manchester United's pre-season? Were you pleased with what you saw? Well, how long have you got when it comes to this one? In comparison to last year's pre-season, it wasn't as good. For United, last season was Eric Ten Hag's first as the Manchester United manager. We won the majority of our games through our tour of Australia and Thailand. We had some really impressive results and performances uh, to match. But obviously, we started the season really poorly. We lost against Brighton at home. Then we lost famously or infamously, depending how you look at it, against Brentford away. Then we went on a really good run of games. This time around, we had a really good start to pre-season in terms of the tour of the United States. We defeated, as you guys probably would very much enjoy, Arsenal 2-0 at the MetLife Stadium in New Jersey. And then after that, we got some not-so-great results and some not-so-great performances, really, from my perspective anyway. We had defeats against the likes of Real Madrid, Borussia Dortmund, uh, Wrexham, even though I was the kids kind of player in that one. We then had a couple of games afterwards where we faced uh, Lons at Old Trafford, which we ended up winning. First half, we were particularly poor. That's the game where Andre Onana got chipped from the halfway line and people made a whole big thing out of that, even though it really wasn't a big deal. And second half, we kind of came out flying and, and played well for sort of 10, 15 minutes, scored three goals and it kind of papered over the cracks a little bit. So the, the, the point I'm making there is that preseason was nothing to write home about. And my concerns were we were really sloppy and we looked quite far off the pace. And I was told it's just preseason, don't worry about it, Owen. And then we saw <laughs> the performance on Monday, which was largely the same, and we kind of got away with one. So that's really how preseason has kind of fared for Manchester United at the moment. How would you rate your transfer window? Was the next question. It's a strange one, and it's a bit of point of contention for United fans at the moment, really, I think, because. It started off fairly well. United, historically, we can have very bad windows and we know we overspend. We know we undersell as well. When we sold Dan James for 20-odd million pounds to, I think it was Leeds, that was one of the highest sales we'd ever done. You know, it's, it's in like the top five or something like that. That's how poor we are at selling and moving players on. So... It started fairly well, got through Mason Mount, which is still a bit of a divisive transfer for some, but we got him through the door. Andre Onana, I think obviously with the David De Gea situation, club legend, but it felt like it was the right time at the end of his contract to move him on. Getting Onana in was a quality signing, Champions League final goalkeeper, worked with Ten Hag in the past, people are happy about that. Rasmus Hoyland, initially 
from Manchester United's perspective, it was the case of bringing him in plus another striker, which at one point was rumoured to be Harry Kane or Victor Oshman or someone like that. But it was always the intention of bringing him in along with someone else, a more experienced striker. They didn't know he was going to be injured when he came into. Uh, and they, during his medical, especially when they found out about his injury, which isn't a serious injury, it could become a serious injury had they not found it and had he continued to play. It's a hot spot on his back that could lead to a stress fracture if there's too much uh, load put on it, i.e. if he plays too many games in a such short period of time. So he's not going to be playing against Spurs tomorrow, but he should be playing in the Premier League very, very soon for Manchester United. So, But I think at that point, United fans were pretty content with the window. Then, because of FFP restrictions that we currently find ourselves under, it was a case of we're going to have to sell to buy. But the understanding was there were quite a few players that we would be moved out this summer. We've already seen a couple. Anthony Alanga, uh, Alex Tellez, Dean Henderson was a name that was going to go, but now it looks like he's going to stay. Harry Maguire looked like he was going to go. Now he's going to stay. Scott McTominay looked like he was going to go. Now he's going to stay. And Fred went to Fenerbahce, but it's not enough money to really bridge the FFP gap. So the window as of right now would probably get maybe a five. Maybe that's been quite generous because you look at what other clubs are doing. It feels like it's not enough. And it does feel like once again, what is going to hurt Manchester United is our inability to sell players that well. Uh, the third question is, were you surprised how many chances Wolves had and missed on Monday night? Uh, nice to start with a win, but how worried are you about how Wolves ran through with the ball constantly and were a threat? As for was I surprised... Yes and no. I wasn't totally surprised because, as I mentioned in the first question, we, uh, I myself, had been complaining about it quite a lot through preseason. That I did feel that United looked particularly sloppy. Uh, we had made a lot of individual errors. If you look at a lot of the goals we conceded through preseason, it was really basic stuff: five-yard passes, not being able to pass to someone in front of you, giving the ball away in in really easy areas, and then team scoring on the counter attack. So I wasn't shocked that much in terms of how Wolves really, really found it easy on the transition. I did find it surprising how overloaded we were in midfield. I think if you looked at um, Casemiro, I know a lot's been made about him. Jamie Carragher's written a piece about him this morning saying his legs are gone and all that kind of stuff. That's not particularly fair. He was so outnumbered. Ten Hag played a system whereby we had um, almost six people up front. And, uh, you know, one person in midfield, essentially, Casemiro, and three defenders. It was kind of insanity at points. So it was concerning. I think there's no doubt it's concerning. And I, and I think that certainly myself, viewer, as had we been playing most of the teams in the Premier League, whilst Wolves played very well, we'd have lost that game. If we were playing Spurs at Old Trafford, for instance, considering I'm talking to Spurs fans at the moment, we'd have lost that game most likely. Um, it's just a case of Wolves, a bit like us last season. They struggled to score goals. They can't really finish their dinner. A lot of the other Premier League sides can, and that's a concern. That's a worry. So my hope is that Ten Hag saw that game, tweaked some things, changed some things. Of course, it's important to win. We didn't win our first game last season, so we're already a step ahead of where we were last year. But I'd be lying if I said it wasn't a concern and it is something that needs to be addressed. Next question was, what would a successful season be for Manchester United? What do you need to be title contenders? Well, to answer the last one first, what United need to be uh, title contenders? We need more goals. Part of our problem last season was just we didn't score enough goals. I think if you look at the top 10 in the Premier League, United were maybe like 8th or 9th or 7th, something like that in terms of goals scored. Goals conceded, we won, you know, David De Gea won the Golden Gloves because defensively we were pretty sound. And we still are fairly pretty sound. Goals conceded is not so much the problem despite how many chances we conceded on Monday. It's goals scored, that's the problem. So to challenge for the title... 
it would be goals scored. We need more in midfield. We need more in the wider areas. Our strength and depth isn't particularly strong. I'm fairly happy with our defence, but it would be in midfield. We need more legs. We need more um, creativity. And just across the front three, we need more goals. And I think Man City have shown, haven't they now, whether it be with Arsenal chasing them or Liverpool chasing them or whoever chases them over the last however many years, you need to be consistent. And United still at this point are still not a side that's consistent. I mean, this will probably be a question that comes up later on. But I have no idea what to expect from Manchester United at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium uh, tomorrow because United away from home last season were particularly poor. We did not beat any top six team away from home that I can recall. Our record away from home was very, very poor. It was our home record that really got us over the line last season. So that was uh, that's going to be a real, really interesting thing uh, tomorrow against against Spurs. Next question was, were you surprised that Kane left for Bayern Munich? I was. I, I was very surprised. Part of me always felt that he would stay at Spurs this summer. I did think he would eventually leave, it must be said. But I felt that he would stay at Spurs this summer. He would leave on a free next year and he would go most likely to United might be one of the favourites on that list or somewhere else. Maybe it was going to Bayern Munich or maybe it was going to Real Madrid or maybe even going to City there with Haaland. He could go anywhere he wants. So I did feel like he would wait an extra year and have all of the power in his hands. I also, for the longest period of time, really didn't think Daniel Levy would sell. And then once the news came out that the majority owner of Spurs had said, You've got to sell him this summer. We can't afford to let him go on a free. Of course, in, we're talking about FFP. It's 90 plus million pounds of pure profit, isn't it? Which, uh, again, would certainly help out Spurs. So I'll be honest, I, I found it surreal. I found it absolutely surreal when I saw the Fabrizio Romano here we go picture of him in the buying kit. I found it surreal to see him standing uh, on the sidelines when he came on for Bayern Munich. I watched the Super Cup. It's still very, very surreal. Um, so I was very surprised indeed. Uh, what have I made of Spurs' transfer window? And what are your thoughts on the new head coach, Andrew Postacoglu? In terms of the transfer window... Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I think he made some decent signings. I think James Madison's a very good signing. Um, the Spurs are in a rebuild. I think everyone knows that Spurs are in a rebuild at this point in time. And uh, as far as the coach, Ange Postacoglu, um, I, I feel like certainly I was one of maybe a few fans that actually I think he'll do all right. I, I really do think he'll do well. I watched quite a bit of Celtic last season and I understand... You know, translating from Celtic to the Premier League, it's a big jump. It doesn't always work out. It doesn't always translate. But I think he plays a style of football that is more what Spurs fans, and certainly my perception anyway, is what more what Spurs fans want, which is more um, attacking, more sort of possession-based, more... Um, if you look at the way Celtic were playing in Ange Postacoglu's uh, seasons there, again, more based on goals, 
uh, more based on, again, having the ball and being brave with it and playing attractive stuff, uh, playing. Um, so I, I really do think he'll do all right. Uh, as long as the expectation there is not as high as it was in previous years because you just don't have the players uh, that you had in previous years. But I do think that he'll do a, a half-decent job. And I think in comparison to the other managers that you've had recently, Antonio Conte, Jose Mourinho, of course they were winners and they've got a career filled with trophies, but they're not known for playing the most progressive, attacking, attractive style of football. And certainly... There was all this talk about fossil football last season, wasn't there, with Spurs? I think Spurs might be at this point where they're like, now, let's get back to when you're under Mauricio Pochettino and you're playing some of the nicest football in the league. Get back to that, and then the results might come later on. So I do think Postacoglu might do a good job, just, again, depending on the patience that's uh, been given to him. Uh, Tottenham are going through a major rebuild right now. What do you think would be a successful season for Spurs? I think a successful season for Spurs would be to get back into Europe. I don't know whether that would be the Champions League. To me, that feels unlikely. Of course, this season, more teams go into the Champions League than, than in prior years. Obviously, previously, it was the top four. I remember when it was the top three or whatever it was. Uh, now, it's actually the top five, I think, um, because of the new format of the Champions League. So, certainly, it's possible. Obviously, though, there are more teams that are pushing for those positions than ever, really. There was the top four. Then it became the top six. Now, realistically, with the addition of Newcastle it's kind of a top seven so you're still looking at previously it was six into four now it's seven into five I think a successful season for Spurs would be to get back into Europe most likely the Europa League or something like that build upon that and again have an understanding that the Spurs of three or four years ago or five years ago whenever it was under Pochettino getting to Champions League finals getting to you know pushing uh, whoever won the Premier League um, whether it was Leicester or whoever, and being a consistent team in the top four in the Champions League, that might be gone for a couple of years. But as long as you stay the course and as long as you back the manager and get the right players in, young players in, build for the future, then you can get back there. Um, so that, that's what I think could be a successful season for Spurs. But again, I'm not a Spurs fan, so I can't, I can't accurately say that. Uh, Seven says, um, what do you think Spurs need to be a top four club again? Most likely, and it's, and it's the same thing Man United need, is goals, isn't it? You know, Harry Kane is irreplaceable. I know that Spurs are on the lookout for a striker. Let's face it, anyone they get is not Harry Kane. I don't have to explain to you. Um, I, I, until I was red and blue in the face, all kind of colours of the rainbow in the face, was telling Manchester United fans how this guy is a one-off. This guy is world-class. Uh, there was pushback from some United fans when we were linked to him saying he's too old. We shouldn't spend nearly 100 million quid on a player with one year left on his contract. That's 30. And my response to that every single time was this guy is guaranteed goals. He is world class. He is one of, if not the best number nine in the world at the moment. And that isn't British bias or English bias. He's just that good. So for Spurs to get back to to being a top four side and competing again, I think it would be goals again. I, and I don't I, I don't. I think you have to be careful and weary of trying to find this is going to be the one to replace Harry Kane. You're never going to replace Harry Kane. What you need to find that is a striker and a system that works. Find a system that works. Find you know link-ups that work. Find connections that work. Uh, bring through young players. I think that's what Spurs need to do. When Spurs were successful, or certainly successful for Spurs, um, under Mauricio Pochettino, they had a young squad filled with bright young players, quality players, all over the pitch, whether it was Ericsson and partnerships, Ericsson, Dembele, or whether it was Deli Ali, Son, Kane, um, all those kind of players, or the back four, out of Vera, out of Vertonghen, 
um, a younger Hugo Lloris, not the older Hugo Lloris that made all of those mistakes, um, Kyle Walker, etc. You know, you're looking at those those players um, and those connections, those partnerships they had over the pitch, again, with players that were in their prime. You go back and look at that team around sort of 2016 to 2017, 18, 19, it's top quality. I mean, it really is top quality players, top quality team. And, uh, but that takes time. That that takes time to build. So that's what, I, that's what I think Spurs will need to do. How am I feeling going into the game on Saturday? Well, as I mentioned earlier, I have no idea what to expect from Manchester United. United away from home at the moment are just a strange prospect. You never know what you're going to get. I mean, truly, Forrest Gump settings, life is like a box of chocolates. They could um, show up, play well, uh, knock Spurs out of the park. I mean, on paper, they're the better team. They've got better players. Um, and... They've got a manager that's been there longer. I do think United you know, have to be weary of the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium is going to be behind the team, behind the manager, and Poster Cogley's first game there. So they're going to be right up for it. And over the last few seasons, United, when they go into a hostile atmosphere, don't fare well. They don't handle pressure that well in those kind of situations. But United need to be clinical. I do think United will get chances against Spurs. It's just a case of whether they take them or do they allow Spurs to get into the game. That would be my concern about that as, as well. I recall when we played Spurs, not that long ago actually, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And it was I think it was Ryan Mason's first game. You can correct me if I'm wrong when it comes to that. After uh, Stellini was let go. And I think there might have even been like a protest that day with Spurs or something like that. The point being is there was a stadium full of fans there that didn't like the situation they were in. They didn't really like the players. They didn't like the chairman. They didn't like a lot of things. And somehow, some way, by the end of that match, Manchester United managed to have that entire stadium cheering on back in the players, and they were all in once again. And again, I felt that was on that was on United. That was United's fault because we didn't kill the game off. We had chances. Remember Bruno Fernandes hit the bar. Were we 2-0 up at halftime or something like that? And we didn't kill the game off. So that's my worry again because I don't think United have really honestly truly changed that much since then so my hope is that if we do get the similar amount of chances we're much more clinical this time around uh, nine says the man united players you think will step up this season and have a real impact well it's a really interesting question because it's a really big season for a few players people are hoping anthony's going to step up people are it's Jaden Sancho's real last chance, to be honest with you. Um, he's been around three seasons now, had a sharp preseason. Look, players look probably the most sharp out of most people, so it was a big season for him. Marcus Rashford's got to go again. Had the most successful season individually of his career. Scored 30 goals or over 30 goals in all comps. Now it's a case of doing it again. He's got a brand new big contract, and it's about... Um, being consistent if you're going to be world-class, uh, and that's kind of the levels he'd want to achieve. As far as the other players stepping up, I think Lissandro Mar Martinez's uh, importance and how vital he is to the team, his influence grows bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, one to keep an eye out for as well is Kobe Mainu, a uh, young Manchester United player, came through the academy, he's only 18 or so years old, or he might even be a bit older than that, but... Um, had a really, really impressive preseason. Was really excited to see how he was going to develop. Unfortunately, picked up an injury against Real Madrid after about 90 seconds. But he's going to have a big role to play. He's going to probably be out until the international break. But after then, stay tuned when it comes to him. He's a real bright talent. And considering United's midfield issues, he's going to be really important this season, I think, to Manchester United. So keep an eye out on him. Uh, finally, uh, predicted lineup and score prediction. As lineups go, probably Onana in goal. Uh, Amran Basaka will probably be at right back instead of Diogo Dallo. Centre back partnership will be Rafael Varane, Lissandra Martinez. Left back will be Luke Shaw. Midfield, 
will be Casemiro. Mason Mount will be in there. I'm certain of it, to be honest. Um, Bruno Fernandes in the 10. Left. I mean, this is when it gets interesting because we don't have the striking situation at the moment. I would go with Marcus Rashford on the left. James Sancho through the middle. And Anthony on the right-hand side. I would also say, though, don't be surprised if somehow Ten Hag manages to sort of shoehorn possibly a Scott McTominay or maybe a Christian Eriksen in there. I wouldn't be shocked if he does that too. I keep an eye out for that one because um, the midfield didn't work on Monday. As far as a prediction, I'm going to go with 2-1 to United, but I don't think it'll be straight forward by any stretch of the imagination. Not at all. But there you go, guys. Thank you very much for having me on, as always. Feels like just a, a minute ago, wasn't it, that we had the last uh, Tottenham versus Manchester United match. Be sure to check us out every day at United View if you wish. Even if you're not Manchester United fans, probably most of you are Spurs fans. If you just want general football chit-chat, uh, come over, check us out there. We've just hit over 150,000 subscribers after only being around for a couple of years, so all of the support is very much appreciated. Anyway, have a great weekend, and may the best team win. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade.